Hi, you've reached 1-800-PIN-PALS Integrated Comic Solutions. Please listen carefully as our menu options have changed. If you are looking for a good drawing pin, press 1. If you are interested in social media advice, press 2. For the 1-800-PIN-PALS podcast, please remain on the line and Benji, Nate, and Michael Sweater will be with you shortly. Thanks. Uh, hey guys, uh, you're listening to Pen Pals, the only podcast. <laughs> the only one. <laughs> the only one. It, just the only comics podcast, now it's the only podcast. It's the only podcast, and uh, if you've never heard of a podcast before, which I assume you haven't, because this is the only one, uh, this is where me, me, Benji Nate, and Michael Sweater talk about comics and answer questions. Perfect. I'm Benji Nate, and... and- and I'm Michael Sweater. And you're, and that, you're that guy. Yeah, you might think you know what Reply All is, but it's actually a myth. I don't know if you know that. I don't know what that is. That can't be a podcast. We're the only it's, one. Yeah, it's it's this thing that people talk about like it exists, and it doesn't exist. Uh, I've heard people talk about cereal, and I'm pretty sure people are confused because that's the stuff you eat. I was going to go with cereal initially, but I thought that was too basic. Well, I, you know, I want to yeah. cover all my bases. You know, so I had to go for a real deep cut, like reply all. Sure, very deep, deepest of cuts. Yeah, the first cut is the deepest. That's what they say. That's what That's, the song this, says. This this isn't comics. We should. <laughs> <do more comics. laughs> yeah. So I, I I'm, I'm I'm to believe you've been reading comics. Me as a person, myself. Yeah, what have you been reading? Um. Well, dang, I don't even remember the title now. I didn't come prepared to talk about comics. Uh, That's literally what we do. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like Here, doing talk- this more low pressure like this. I like I, it. I, I like it more. Uh, will you talk about your comic that you, what have you been reading? So I actually haven't been reading a comic. I've been reading comics on writing comics. Mm-hmm. because i've been teaching a class uh next i've been we our library is like very extensive and very good but next to me i've got the dc comics guide to creating comics uh brian michael bendis words for pictures i think his name is lee nordling his last name is nordling your career in the comics dialogue by robert mckee not a book on comics it's actually a book on dialogue uh mm-hmm. making comics by scott mcleod i've been going through them uh yeah. i just turned in uh drawing words writing pictures mm-hmm. the other day or today I, I gave that back um but yeah i've just been going through looking for anything that i might have missed from my class like i've got a, an outline so i'm just like reading them there's a lot of books on writing comics i don't know if you know this uh, i mean yeah comics are extremely cool and worthy of reading about yeah uh yeah so i've just been reading those they're they're interesting a lot of yeah. stuff a lot of uh I'm trying to, I'm trying to, <laughs> I just realized all I ever do is complain about books, but I'm going to complain. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> books on writing comics are not good. Yeah. I, uh, you've, 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 you've clued me in on that because every time I sit down next to you while you're reading one of those, approximately every 20 minutes, you're like, oh my God. Well, it's like they're trying to cover so much that they're not actually covering anything. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Some of them are pretty good. Um, mm. uh, you would be surprised. The DC Comics Guide to Creating Comics is weirdly one of the better ones I've read. Wow. Uh, whereas the ones from more graphic novel literary comic spaces are mm. actually terrible, mostly. They're like not good. Well, um, that's so strange because you would think yeah. if, if the DC book, the DC whatever comic whatever book is good, then why don't I like their comics? I think they're just different. Hmm. Yeah. That's well, so strange. I, so this one's pretty good because it's focusing specifically on visual storytelling and it has an incredibly specific approach. Yeah. They, they like make up a weird term for sequential art. For like sure. uh, they've got... I'll find it really quick. I'm going to open it to a page and they'll use it. They uh, will just right off the bat. I know for a fact they'll use it. Um, wow. They love it, huh? They call it. They call. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I'm That's not, what happens. You got to you gotta think it, on your toes. You got to be I've quick. I'm an ass of myself. Sure did. Um, it's like. It's like SVS, like stories and visuals something. It's like. Very specific, but it's just, it's another, every one of these books has it their sounds, own way of saying sequential art. That sounds uh, so clinical, SVS, what? Every, the goal of all of these is like, there's like a thing in the beginning of every single one of these books where they like spend a portion of time trying to describe what comics is, and mm-hmm. it's like functionally useless. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think if you're looking at how to draw comics, you probably have a good sense of what a comic is. Yeah. Um, also, there's like a lot of stuff where it's like, well, if there's if it's only pictures and not words, is that a comic? And it's like, mm. that's not like a super smart question. No. Um, that's a question for babies. It's a baby question. Um, it's a question like, for little idiots. <laughs> yeah, every one of these books like really goes in on it. And it's like, you don't have to do that. But I can say... The DC Comics Guide to Creating Comics is pretty good. Nice. And they've also got like a guide to inking and a guide to lettering. Mm-hmm. And I'm not reading those yet because I'm not to that part of my syllabus. But I got to say, I've got weirdly high expectations for them. Yeah, that's cool. Um, that's exciting. All well, right. I, I think a lot of these books try to do a little bit of everything and end up saying very little. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, well, I feel like there's only so many things you can say about making a comic that isn't just do a comic i i think i think you can say more um i mean probably i'm just being a dick (laughs) yeah well so i'm i'm trying not to shit on any specific book uh but there's a thing where a lot of them will do a little bit of how to draw yeah it's like very specific to how the artist wants to draw uh-huh. And it's like how to do how to draw a character like uh, human anatomy. That's yeah. its own book. Like you don't need to that put is... that in here. No, yeah. Also, everyone draws differently, so it's actually you're distracting from your point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but sure. it's fun. Yeah. I've been it's it's been good to read these and like refresh on a lot of basics. Has it been educational for you? It's been educational. I gotta say, I love learning. <laughs> mm, what a nerd! Yeah. Wow. Um. I can also say Your Career in the Comics by Lee Nordling. Yeah. It's like mostly about newspaper strips. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's super good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bunch of basically, I guess he interviewed a ton of newspaper cartoonists about everything from like their process to the industry to working with editors. And it's just like he takes sections of the interviews and chunks them. 
So it's like everything any newspaper person I interviewed said about inking. Anything anyone said about comedy. Anything someone said about the relationship with the readers. It's really That's good. Cool. That's really cool. I like that. It's like a broad sense of what... I, I'm sure there's like so much variety in how people work too from that era. So. Yeah. Also, there's weirdly a lot of input from like editors and agents. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. And the funny thing is they're all talking about what makes a hit newspaper comic, which is like a thing that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah. But I think all the ideas still really apply. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what, true. Oh. Did, did you yes. I, like I, the title I, of what you've been I reading? Got the, I got the book. I got it. I figured it out. So I read uh, You and a Bike and a Road by Eleanor Davis and... Oh, it was, I was scared at first because I opened the book and there were no panel borders. No. It was, it was just a lot of really cute doodles. Um, no, they're a great draw. I actually really like the art in that book. Uh, but I also just, I enjoyed it so much more than I thought mm. I would. Oh yeah. They're so solid at that kind of storytelling. Yeah. Well, like w- what I like about it is that it's autobio. That's a, about something there is a start to a journey the misadventures feats of biking athleticism (laughs) and then an ending point and it's just so succinct and it is just what it is yeah i i feel like i'm constantly like shitting on art comics people eleanor davis is a master of the craft yeah um i think i think she might be she's very good it's I do, I do, they do have a thing where they seem to despise panels. <laughs> there is yeah. sometimes where I'm like, this would actually, it would be easier if you just did a panel. Yeah, uh, yeah. If there was like some panels. But yeah. besides that, it's like incredibly I, readable. Also, um, just like the art brings me so much joy. Like I yeah. want, I want just like printed out pages of that book just to look at and smile at. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It's one of those things, like, when you're doing art comics, what you're doing is you're taking risks. And, you know, when you take a risk, it's easy to fail. And this this book is a, a success. There's nothing failure about this book. Mm-mm. Very pleasant. Uh, uh, see, I can say nice things. I'm so proud. I, yeah. Uh, it's so nice to hear a nice thing from you. Uh, <laughs> I'm just very demanding. You're not, yeah, you're pretty demanding. <laughs> but I'm like very demanding of myself. I don't think I've ever done a comic. I would say that's sick. Like, you know what I mean? I, uh, same. It's, I don't think you've ever done like, a comic. <laughs> no. Hey. <laughs> Be nice no, to me. Yeah. Uh, no, I think, I think your comics are great. I love your comics. They're my favorite. But I also feel the same way about my own work where I don't think yeah. I could actually look at my own work and be like, I would recommend this to a friend. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I'd recommend you to a friend. Well, that's because you love me. <laughs> I'd recommend me to a friend. Oh, I that's guess you love I, you too. No, I just have to pay rent. Oh, I know yeah. that's part of the process. That's true. Uh, but yeah, so you've been having a good time. Yeah, pretty pretty good. Uh, does the uh, yeah uh, does this conclude our uh, what we've read section? I think so. Um, I would say so. I, I'm hope, I'm hoping it's as much of a hit as us talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer and The Walking Dead. Oh my god. Well, I mean, I, I yeah, I hope so. <laughs> We're not talking about that anymore. <laughs> uh, maybe something will come up. Just yeah, you we'll, wait. We'll do a follow-up when we both finish them. Let's do so I'm, I kind of wanted to talk about the class I was gonna t- that I'm teaching. Oh yeah, talk about that. 
Yeah. So I'm now teaching a comics fundamental class. Mm-hmm. Um, and I gotta say, it is uh, weird to try to teach comics. Yeah, I mean, you kind of already do it in a podcast, though, so it can't be that weird. Well, it's... <laughs> I, I, I like... I like the way that teaching comics makes me think about comics. Because I think I'm... I get very stagnant and sterile. Mm. Uh, if, like, left my own devices, I'll just repeat the same action till it's boring. Yeah. And there's a lot, like... You know, when you're actually looking at it, like, one of the... The first class is called the pitch meeting. And mm-hmm. it's it's basically where, you know, the class has to... Where we're talking about, like, what makes a good idea, what makes... You know, if you wanted to make something people read, what makes people read stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, whether you care about an audience, you know, and like just dealing with that again, I honestly kind of have forgotten about the audience when developing stuff. And I didn't even notice I had done that. Yeah. Um, which can be fine. You know, uh, if you make work that you like. Uh, you are not that strong of an individual that no one else exists who's like you. Um, mm-hmm. But there's just like so much like fundamental stuff that I used to think about a lot that I didn't realize I'd completely let go of. Yeah, well, at a certain point, I feel like you just kind of go through the motions. Uh, I imagine if I started trying to think about comics more in like an educational sense, I'd probably fall in love with it again. <laughs> I... I'm not saying that I'm falling in love with it again because I never fell out of love. Oh, I was kidding. Uh, I haven't either. <laughs> but no, it's it's really interesting um, to like seriously attempt to reevaluate evaluate the fundamentals. Like, yeah, yeah, I think people should probably do it more. Yeah, by people I, I mean so me. No, hey, I'll show you. I'll I'll show you my handouts. Yeah, I'm gonna take your class for free from home. I mean, I'll just do it to you in the living room. I'll just be like, and then this slide. I, I've got like a, I'm doing like slideshows and stuff. That's so cool. It's so official. Well, I do have to say, even if I wasn't teaching this class, I think I would have benefited from do pretending I was teaching a class and doing this. Because mm-hmm. I, I think there's a lot of stuff that I wasn't thinking about. That's nice to think about again. Yeah, that's good. Huh. It feels important. Yeah, I mean. That's also, like, a lot of this podcast has been that kind of thing for me. Yeah. Oh, I wonder how... I, 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 I wonder how much fun it's going to be to actually help people through their projects. Like, there's only so much you can do speaking on a podcast and, like, yeah, talking to people online, but, like, actually people coming in with their work and chipping yeah. away at it. So it's a six-week project. It's a six-week class, and each class is like a different element of comics. And the idea is to take people from idea generation and how to come up with ideas and keep ideas flowing all the way to the finished thing and then like how to evaluate what you've done and figure out what to do next. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's in person in Arkansas, but I do think at some point I might expand it into doing it three or four times a year online. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because, yeah, it's... I, 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 you know, I'll know when I finish if it's possible, but there's yeah. a lot of people who I like work with who I feel like if I could just drag them through, I'd feel uh, better about like actually dragging people from panel one to the last panel. Also, 
I will say you are a really good teacher in a hands-on way. Uh, like, I feel like you dragged me through comics kicking and screaming. You, you, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of how it is for everybody that like I try. Like, I feel like yeah, I've yeah. been doing it less lately, which is actually one of the reasons I like this. Like when yeah. we first met, there's so many people I was taken from nothing into their first comic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like constantly DMing them and stuff. Mm-hmm. And this seems better because I'm not going to have to listen to anybody cry. That sounds nice. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying you cried, but I have seen people cry. I think I probably um, cried. I'm a big old crybaby. I'm not trying to put you on blast. You can put me on blast. It's I'm hard. an open I, book. I don't, I don't remember you crying about it, but I do remember some frustration. But I mean, I was okay. frustrated too. It was just a bad time, you know, like, yeah. what is it, early 2010s? Everybody was crying. It was not early 2010s. Yeah, it was. Oh, shit. That's uh-huh. long ago. I know. Wow. I think people are probably crying more now, but. It seems like it. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, yeah, so I'm, I'm teaching a class. It's going well. It's cool. Uh, you want to do some questions? Yeah. Let's do some questions. <laughs> Let's do it. You want to do the first one? Let's do it. Sure, 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 sure. Okay, so Charlie asks, when creating a new character, how do you avoid reusing slash recycling the same character tropes? Or Or how do you decide what good personality traits should be for your comic characters, especially mains? I like my pessimistic, angry types, but I know I tend to use it a bit too often. Can I can can I hit this one off from the beginning? Hit it off, uh, baby. Let me tell you, <laughs> Charlie. Charlie, baby. Let me tell you. <laughs> you, you don't get better at something you don't do over and over. Yeah. And if you keep redoing the same character types, you're just gonna get better at writing them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know Mike. if you know this about <laughs> what were you saying. Oh, I was gonna say, Mike, you are the king of pessimistic, angry types. I would huh. say every one of my book has one. Yeah, and they keep getting better and like more accurately written, or like th- they hit specific notes in a different way each time. Like you don't just you think you're doing the same thing, but you're not actually doing the same thing. Like you're like everything no. you do is like slightly different. Uh, yeah. You just don't notice <laughs> as much as yeah. other people do. I think a lot of artists want to, you know, and if you feel the desire to diversify because that's what you want to do and that's what interests you, definitely go off. Yeah. But I feel like a lot yeah. of people try to do something new just because they think it'll impress the audience. No. And it's like if people are reading your comics because you're good at writing pessimistic, angry people. Yeah. It's not going to hurt you to keep doing pessimistic, angry people. Mm-hmm. No, literally all of my comics are about like ditzy girls in situations. <laughs> yeah. I mean. That's that's my pessimistic, angry type. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. I think I've gotten way better at it to the point where Girl Juice is way more successful than any of the ditzy comics I've done previously, I think, so far. No, uh, I think we'll that's see. true. Hellphone and Girl Juice are good. Um, but, but so I, I will... What were you saying? You go. No, you go. Okay. But like, <laughs> I can't think of a single good like writer or like director comic person who's really good at what they do and do different characters and everything like Haruki Murakami all his books are about a disillusioned teenage boy uh some old Wonder dude who likes sometime. huh I was good sometimes that, that, that you, 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 you let me finish uh 
older gentleman who likes jazz and obsesses is obsessed with teenage girl's ears. Yeah. Teenage girl with sexy ears. Uh, that's yeah. all the characters Haruki Murakami uses over and over and over again. Uh, and all his books are different. It's a perfect formula. Yeah, a perfect formula. I feel like all of his like uh, sort of middle aged disillusion characters have like a like a specific type of alcohol they like. Yep. You know what I mean. I think and like, they harp on about it over and over throughout the book. And he, that's yeah. multiple books. It's so clear that he's just writing himself. Yeah. But like, that's cool. Like you can only, yeah, you can only get better at things you do over and over again. Yeah. There's no shame in it. There's no, there's nothing bad about it. At no, all. I, and I do, I do think if you want to write other stuff, you should. Yeah. But if, if you're feeling some sort of, uh, like pressure from other artists, to do something differently you don't like you don't got to do that uh no. you can do whatever you want you know other I think artists I, aren't readers i think i remember a point where you were trying to do different characters because you felt like you were hitting the same notes over and over again but you didn't actually uh follow through on trying to make different characters you just got really good at the characters you were already doing yeah i mean i think the thing is i find any time that i'm thinking about Anyone besides myself, when I'm making the comic, it's really hard to even do it. Whereas if it's just doing what I want to do, it's so easy. Well, it's not easy, but it's way easier. Yeah, like, it's already too hard to commit to things you're not interested in. Like, there's so much, it's such a huge time investment. Like, why are you going to force yourself to do it for for, for a potential audience, not even an actual audience, just the idea of one? Also, like, so often I feel like when I see people being steered by an outside force, mm-hmm. it's like a bunch of other cartoonists who nobody knows who they are. <laughs> it's like wow. you're being like, which, like, they're your friends, and that's cool. You should be friends. But, like, don't let your friends dictate what you're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. Like, Personally, I never listen to my friends. Period. Oh, never. My cartoonist <laughs> friends... Total dum-dums. Yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of bad advice from people I love. Yeah. I'm calling them out not by name, but if you're <laughs> listening, I'm watching you. <laughs> yeah. But so... <laughs> well, so they also say, how do you decide what good personality traits should be for your comic characters? Oh, yeah, um, that's good. Like, and I, I do think your main character... It's smart to stick with what you know. Yeah. Um, I actually think I do have two. I have my pessimistic angry, and then I have kind of like an aloof, curious person who is really interested in the world but doesn't understand it. That's a, yeah. I've, yeah. Um, I think those are my two characters that are my, yeah. my main characters. But I do think a diversity of uh, sort of like antagonist, friends, side characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's, like, where I get more of my fun. Yeah. And I think you've been doing a lot of that girl juice, too. But, like... Yes. But yeah, like, for me, it's a whole new story to see a pessimistic person interact with, like, a police officer who's chasing them and believes they're a murderer. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, their boss at the subway shop. Or, you know, how they interact with 
uh, their parent who thinks that they're the smartest person on earth. Th- th- those are all very different stories, even if it is the same protagonist. Yeah. Well, what I like to do is I try to put the one character that I always use, and it's 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 generally like a ditz, like they're mm-hmm. they're a dumb goofball with yeah. like and like a super like uh, optimistic. It's actually the opposite yeah. <laughs> of uh, the the of charlie's situation but and then put them against like the exact opposite of what they are which for that is so many things like it could be someone who's overly negative or someone who's like really shy or like i do you know i do like how you're like you know the youngian archetype the fucking goofball (laughs) the fucking goofball (laughs) uh, you know know there's the knight the the old wise man and the uh, the the fucking goober. <laughs> I think in Girl Juice the archetype is stupid little slut. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. No, Carl, Carl Young. He was talking about the 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 un, the, the collective unconscious. You know, we all know things. You know, we all just know the. Dumb <laughs> I don't want to say that. I can't say that. Can I beep that? <laughs> you can if you want for you, but you're not bleeping me. <laughs> no, I won't bleep you. That's my brand. Yeah, I just my, didn't like how it came out of my mouth. That's my brand identity. I stick by it. I'm good. But yeah, so, you know, the uh, there's lots of lots of characters. Do, do what feels good. It feels yeah. good, you do it. Feels good, um, do it. You want to stretch your wings, do something weird? Uh, maybe yeah. try something short first. <laughs> <laughs> I think the main yeah. takeaway is that there is nothing wrong with what you're doing, but no, you're change kidding. it if you want to, but it's not a big deal. Charlie, you got this. <laughs> yeah. You... Oof. Do you want to... Oh, I, well, uh, I'm going to do the next question. You want to do it? This one. Are you, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm prepared. Okay. Uh, the question is in front of me. This one's from Anonymous, which is very mysterious. Um, Ooh, I love a mystery person. It's so sexy. Yeah. Uh, so the Anonymous mystery person says, mm. first off, I love this podcast. I've been listening to these episodes while drawing, and I absolutely adore the intro and outro. Crying face. Mm. Or emoji. Crying emoji. Crying My question face. is, how do you do colors? Do you have a designated color palette? Did you always color the way you guys color now? With bold, flat colors and shades? Uh, mm. That's how we color. Please, by all means, share all of your coloring wizardry, especially for someone who's terrified at the prospect of coloring a long-form fantasy comic. Crying emoji. Love wow. you guys. Well, first of all, don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> Second, I think I think we both have some similar answers to this. Where uh, we steal colors from everywhere we go, uh, Mike, you've stolen plenty of colors from me. Oh, willy nilly, <laughs> willy nilly. No, if I see if I see a color in like an illustration I like, I yeah. will will literally right click, save as, yep. or right click, copy, open it in Photoshop, and color select it. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes I tweak it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I just throw that right in my, I've got the swatches in Photoshop. Yeah. Yep. Same. Uh, I mean, that bank of swatches. Uh, yeah. That's how I go. 
I mostly, uh, when I, I, I choose my colors and they almost, they barely change for the entirety of a book. I think Girl Juice only uses like maybe 12 colors total in yeah. the entire book. Like it's you, so small. You have a bananas limited palette. Yeah, I do. Well, what happened was um, when I first, my first comic that did well online, I colored with markers and I couldn't really afford to just keep getting different markers. So I just used yeah. five markers over and over again. And like, it really made me like love limited palettes and people liked it too. Like people respond really well to it. Um the flatness of it all is that I'm I don't like coloring. Uh so I just fill everything in real fast. <laughs> yeah, I think I think too much texture can be distracting. That's like one of yeah. the reasons you know, we've got sort of an ongoing dispute with mainstream comics and you know, I I'm going to say that I don't like them. I think a big part of what I don't like is the coloring. I it's been really distracting and hard for me. I've also seen a lot of people who do like we have friends who do a lot of like mainstream comics type stuff. Yeah. And I've almost I've never if I'm being really honest with myself, I've mm. never seen their process shit where like the flats didn't look better than the final. Yeah. Almost uh, it just almost it's always. so much more readable and clear and it's yeah. it's not like a big jumble to my eyes. Uh Yeah. And this could be one of those Oh, you can't fuck up flats, but you can fuck up literally everything else. Yeah, well, the thing is, when you're doing, like, shading, that is the implication of shape, which is another point of failure in a drawing that could possibly happen. That's true. Yeah, that's really uh, true. And that's, like, a point of failure that is very obvious and yeah. easy to see. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like it. that's much easier to mess up and get wrong mm -hmm. than, like, line art. Yeah. Uh, yeah well you can you can you know you can fix line art re like relatively easily yeah. but like i yeah. feel like with shading i've spent too long on that page to be able to see it anymore like i like mm -hmm. every single time i've actually tried to shade anything digitally it, I, it, it the page loses all meaning to me i've looked at it for too long yeah um also comics you got to get it out fast like volume is so yeah. important yeah uh, i think people really underestimate volume just get it out and, and i do better. think you think shading and texturing is a thing that like does impress people who don't have like uh who aren't artists like i think it's like cross-hatching it's one of those things that like if you're an artist you don't actually you usually don't care about cross-hatching it doesn't really matter uh, like it can be cool, but it's like not like the most impressive thing you've ever seen. Whereas I feel like a lot of people who aren't artists will see like a rendered sphere that's cross hatched and it like blows <laughs> their mind. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Um, also, like that's the thing is like I think they think that it looks better, but if given like a choice between the two of the same book, I think people are going to want to read the thing that's easier to read. Not yep. the thing that's more interesting to look at because you're not looking at a comic; you're reading a comic. Yeah, and I mean, I I think it's uh, it's like one of those things like with music. If you ask people who are into metal what they want, and they'll they'll always say, "I want it to be heavier, man." And it's like yeah. you don't actually want it to be heavier because that sounds like nonsense. Um, mm -hmm. Like some of the things that you think are the heaviest, it's like it's actually a range of dynamics in the competition, not the volume and the intensity. 
Wow. Um, I think like cross hatching can be pretty similar. I I, I mm-hmm. used to make a lot of grindcore references. I don't know if I've yeah. done that on here. Ah, uh, you might have. Uh, probably. I'm yeah, sure you um, have. So here's the question: Do you between projects use the same colors, or do you destroy your palette and start a new one with a new project? Uh, I use a lot of the same colors, but. Uh, it really depends. Like for Catboy, um, I did a lot of like pastel sweet colors. And then for Hellphone, I was like, I need a, like, this is like a, a, a slightly more aggressive comic. I want it to be brighter. And I've used a lot of the Hellphone palette for Girl Juice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then added a few more colors to the palette that were just girlier because it's just, I don't know, it felt right. <laughs> So it's Are mostly your- the same. It's mostly the same with like some changes just according to character and like mood, vibe. Are those original Catboy colors still in your palette? I have a couple that are, yeah. Like there's a pink okay. that I always use. Um, uh, probably some of the greens I use and a yellow. There's like a, there's a couple colors that I use yeah. over and over again, yeah. So when I started coloring, what I did was I took... Actually, this is actually kind of a weird story. This is uh, weird. Uh, the tattoo ink I used gave you Pantone colors in the catalog. So I basically just took the colors I used to tattoo, mm-hmm. looked up the like CMYK values for those Pantones, and just put those straight into my thing. And that's how I started. And then that's when so I needed cool. a color, yeah. And then when I needed a color, I would just put a random one in, and then I would select the color range. And in Photoshop, I would go into the edit hue value. Is that what it is? Probably. It's like a thing that has hue in the word and you can change the hue color. Hue and saturation. Hue saturation. Mm. And I would put any random color that was a color into the location. Uh, like if it was a tree and I didn't have like a green I liked, I would just throw like a blue in there. It didn't matter. And then you select that blue and then you go – you in hue and saturation while that's selected you can change the hue which is the color the saturation which is the brightness and then the the like dark light balance the brightness and you can make any color any color with that and i always found that was like a really easy quick like process to getting a color it's a it's a good way to uh see how colors look next to your other colors too just to test things out Yeah. yeah and I guess I actually don't like a lot of my original colors. I think over time I've tweaked a lot of them to be brighter or more saturated. Uh, yeah. My original I've, palette was like yeah. very middle middle of the road. We both were, I think we both kind of have evolved in the same way. Like yeah. we used to be a lot more muted and now we're going very saturated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I, I think for me, that's like looking at a lot of nineties animation. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I used to look at more, like, Cartoon Network type stuff that was, like, very desaturated. Yeah. Um, and now I'm looking at, like, writer stuff, which I think I think the, the muted stuff looks good on a TV. Yeah. But I, I, I think in print, the brighter colors just look nicer. I agree. I've, I've come around on it. Yeah. Well. Uh, I mean, well, some of those blues you're using now are so bright. Yeah, I love, I love those blues. They're yeah. cool. I like. Them too. Uh, I actually think in the pen pals, um, the pen pals drawing that I did, that's all mm-hmm. girl juice colors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in Photoshop, you can save your swatch file, mm-hmm. your swatches. 
I always make sure I have that backed up. I've been using the same swatch file since I started coloring. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and I just, I just change stuff as I go. Like, and I have them saved by year. Whoa. So like I can, I can open up my please keep warm swatch file and like compare and contrast. That's um, crazy. There's That's... also ways. Yeah. That you can import an image and export all of the colors in that image into a swatch file. Hmm. Uh, I don't remember how I did it. I did it at some point a long time ago. But I basically dumped a bunch of Lewis Trondheim pages, uh, dungeon pages, into a file. Ooh, that's interesting. And and then I just, like, pulled stuff out of that swatch file into my new swatch file. Yeah, that's actually a really cool method. I might, if I, if I really truly cared about coloring, I would probably do that. Yeah, and you can, like, (laughs) select how many colors it can output and stuff, I think. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I'm starting to uh, teeter on the edge of talking out my butt and speculating. Oh, well, because uh, I did this years ago, but it's it was a cool tool. If you're if you're interested, I would play with it. But yeah, I would maintain a swatch file. That's a good um, idea. Yeah, that's, that's what they call the color file in Photoshop with all the little squares, yeah. the colors in it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I had one for Catboy, and then I haven't done one since. I just open up an old page, and I'm like, these are the same colors. <laughs> <laughs> Can I throw in one last thing, real quick? Just like a little Photoshop trick. One last thing, only one. Uh, so when, when you've got a bunch of colors down, have you ever, with all the colors on the same layer, done the color balance? Yeah. Yeah. So what the yeah, color balance the does I, I, is it I, lets I'm... you add and remove colors from everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like it really unifies everything in a really strong way. Yeah, I really like it. Uh. I mostly do that for like standalone illustrations because yeah. I, yeah. Or, or if I want, uh, I think I recently did it in a girl juice where I realized it was supposed to be nighttime and everything kind of looked the same. So I made everything like blue. Yeah. That's everything I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> <The two laughs> Single illustrations and then, uh, like environmental things. Yeah. 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 Like a beautiful uh, yellowy pink sunset. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like if it, if it's if it's sunset, you can add a little bit of yellow and pink to everything, pull a little blue out. Oh yeah, um, that's good. Yeah. yeah, I think that was, I think this is probably our most useful question answer yet. If I'm gonna be honest, most I, practical. I don't um, know. That's not for me to judge. It's none of my business. I just think there's so much actionable stuff with this because the rest is like yeah. just do it better. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like so much of the advice is do a better job. Do it better, draw it smaller. Uh, do it better, Start draw small. it smaller. <laughs> do smaller project, draw a book smaller. Yeah. Small, small, uh, small. Small, small, small. But yeah, uh, yeah, so Mysterious Anonymous, I hope that was good for you. I hope uh, so too. Oh, when we shade really quick. Oh, yeah. We just, I just pick a purple or blue, do it on yeah. its own layer. Uh, change the layer type to multiply, and that's, then I play with the opacity. That's what I do. I, put the opa- I usually put it at like 20%, and I use yeah. like a medium tone blue or purple. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Yep. And I just use I the do. pencil tool. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the pencil tool is only one color, no bore on the edges. Love that. So that's, that's, that's the, that, we're never talking about color on this podcast ever again. I think we covered it. I, yeah. Uh, Ne- we never have to actually if anybody has any specific questions i actually like talking about color 
Yeah, it's fun. It's nice. I I didn't uh, know I had a lot to say about color, but I guess I I just hate coloring so much that I have so much to say about it. I mean, I'm doing my new new story black and white just because I'm yeah. so sick of coloring. Oh, um, I will. Uh, now it's my turn to say one last thing. The mm-hmm. only reason I started doing color in my comics in the first place was uh, because they just perform better online. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it was like night and day. Mm-hmm. I think eventually I am going to go back to black and white just because I don't like I don't like doing color, and I think I got enough I, audience pull to like get people to read my black and white comics. I think we should both be working with a colorist. If I'm going to be honest, I think we You're should just have right. the same colorist, and we should like give them our palettes and be like, yeah, and then we can like tweak them after the fact. Yeah, um, maybe. I, th- maybe. I think we should let go a little bit and probably do that. Uh, <laughs> don't hiss at me. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Well, that's good on the podcast. Uh, yeah, our ben, on Benji's webcam, you can't see it, but <laughs> the cat is walking around her studio, and it's very cute. Yeah. Uh, you want to do one oh. more? Yeah, we can do one more. What's the last one? Do you want me to read it? Mason's. Yeah. Okay. So, Mason. Dime Fiend. I've actually never said his last name before because I've only read his Instagram handle, which is Mason Dimebag. So he's drawing a wet, hot cartoon sex dungeon, which I actually really want. <laughs> yeah. I, have, I have his big cartel open another tab for later. Yeah. Uh, but the question is, uh, I crank out so many drawings that by the time I'm ready to finalize anything for print or merch i've already done two dozen drawings i like better the cycle never ends advice on where and when to bite the bullet when you don't have the money or time to spend what time or money to time or money for a steady stream of print slash merch releases (laughs) i can read i can just like that so the question (laughs) is uh, how how do you know what what art to choose and when to just say we're doing it yeah yeah Uh, if you're trying to regularly come out with stuff and you don't have like a super your budget isn't crazy enough to like do too many options yeah Um, yeah Uh, i I know what your i know what your answer is uh yeah what is my answer print on demand uh yeah that's kind of a new one um but yeah like we don't we don't make or carry any merchant in our studios or anything Mm -mm. Like, no. we do stuff with Silver Sprocket, and we'll do stuff with, like, individuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like spending money on shirts than having the shirts in my studio and having to go to the post office with the shirts. Yeah. Well, uh, historically, I've been really bad at stuff like that, so I can't do it. Yeah, but, I mean, my advice for Mason is, especially if you're not sure of the volume you're going to be able to ship, and it's, like, a risk. Like, it's this question sounds like there's, like, you know, you have to know it's going to sell. You don't necessarily have, like money circulating to invest uh the quality of print on demand isn't perfect uh for like shirts but it's like pretty good now yeah it's good it's it's gotten better oh. um yeah like especially if you set up the files correctly yeah uh like if you do like single color like on something and you set up the files correctly it seems kind of like a screen print mm-hmm. um i know the printers are like way better now i'm doing a bunch like because i don't want to I don't want to carry it. I've got a bunch of shirts that I'm doing with Silver Sprocket. 
Mm-hmm. And like, these are kind of like more specific to what I do. And, you know, I think they look pretty good. People send me pictures. I like the way they look. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You got any thoughts? Uh, I mean, to be honest, I've been kind of feeling down on print on demand just because like, I don't know where that stuff's coming from. <laughs> I mean, but, uh, uh, we know people who work at Threadless. That's, Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know that they're doing their print-on-demand stuff out of this. Are they? No, they are. It's sure. in it's in house. Yeah, yeah, yeah print. Th- I know. I I won't use Redbubble because uh, yeah, they're, fuck Redbubble. Yeah, like a, a lot of the print-on-demand people, I don't trust. Uh, it's like rife with like copyright violations, right, right, right. and they're just like they're kind of just like tech dickheads. Uh, yeah. I trust the people at Threadless. I I trust um, them more, but I don't trust bit, anyone. I just yeah. period, like uh, as a whole, don't trust anybody. Yeah. Well, uh, so I, the threadless shirts, I feel like I've been making enough money. Yeah. And I feel like the pictures I've seen from people who sent me, they look good. I think, I think, I think, I also think a lot of people do enjoy shipping out their stuff. And yeah. if money is tight, a good idea might be print on demand, save that money to do your own runs. Yeah. Yeah. I de- I'm definitely not saying you shouldn't just do print on demand, but if yeah, money yeah, yeah. is tight, I don't think anyone should feel bad about doing a print-on-demand piece of merch. Yeah. Like, if the yeah. audience isn't necessarily there to support, like, 300, 400 units of something... Right, right. Uh, you know, I could print these shirts, and I'm still doing it. Print-on-demand. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. I mean, if we printed everything and, like, had to store it and ship it ourselves, that would be, like, a whole nother part-time job. Yeah. Uh, and I'm good. <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. good. <laughs> I'm just, I'm like going all in because when I first started, print on demand always looked like garbage. Uh, yeah. The companies were really shady. You didn't mm-hmm. make any money. Uh, yeah. You know, my, pr- I feel like my price is a little high. Yeah. But, but I actually make some money off of it. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever um, I put out a new shirt, I make a little bit. Yeah. Like, whereas before you used to make like a dollar a shirt. Now it's very easy to make six or seven. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I like it, but yeah, I mean, so, but in general, like if you're doing a lot of drawings, how do you decide what becomes merch? Cause you do a ton of drawings and I actually feel like you should be doing more merch. Um, oh, the way I decide things is kind of nonsense. Like, I don't think this is for everybody, but if I wouldn't want to wear it, I don't think I want it on a shirt. Like, if I can't see it being my favorite shirt for, like, a while, then I don't really want to print it. Also, I just don't like having that much stuff for people to choose from. Like, yeah, I don't know. See, that's one of the things I like about Print On Demand is there's so many options. There's a couple of, like, more illustrator visual artists I follow who have, like, you know, a Print On Demand sticker shop. And there's, like, 900 designs. Like, a yeah. Dalton Doodles sticker shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like browse that shop for hours and like think about buying stickers. And you don't? Um, uh, I've bought a couple. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, okay. But it's it's just like I, I think there is something very interesting if you are if you do have an output of material. Mm-hmm. Print on demand is kind of an interesting idea for that. It really is. It is because um, like, you can't realist realistically if you carry stuff in house, you can't do a new shirt design every week. If you're doing print on demand, you're, you don't have to invest the money in storage. You could just do a shirt design every week. And then you get to say every week, hey, I just put on a new shirt. And it doesn't matter if 10 people buy it or 300. Like, 
because it's there's no inventory that you're carrying. Yeah. Um, yeah. Your hands are free. Yeah. I've become like weirdly pro print on demand, mm-hmm. which I think is, but, but yeah. So, you know, so you say you only do it if it's something you would wear. Yeah. Um, is there a reason you don't do more like stickers or prints, which I, I know I say that as somebody who doesn't have any. Um, oh yeah. Um, there really isn't a reason for the lack of stickers. I just don't feel like setting up files. Uh, <laughs> uh, prints, I, I just, I, I like very specific things in prints, and I just don't, I don't trust people. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Well, so, I, hmm, I don't know. Yeah, That's I feel question. like I feel like Mason's problems might be more of something like illustrator listeners might deal with because like as cartoonists, we have a very active application as like actively doing comics as our main drawing. Everything we're doing is for a book and like Mason does comics, but they also do like illustrations. They do tattoos. And I feel like if you're just pumping out illustrations that like desire to use stuff, you have so many more options of what to do. Like for me, when I make a shirt, I have to say to myself today, I'm making a shirt. And then I have to design a shirt for it. Like, I just don't do loose drawings that could be shirts. That's true. You don't really draw like that. Um, um, I definitely do more than you do. Yeah. Uh, I've been I've been keeping a sketchbook. Mm-hmm. Um, also, as far as, like, for... We're just talking about merch this whole time, but for print, mm-hmm. like... Honestly, I feel like you can be less picky about what goes into, like, a zine or a book. Yeah, because I think people want to see all of it, uh, good or bad. Especially if the price is right. If you're working in black and white and you can keep yeah. price pretty low, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you can keep price low, volume is always a plus. Volume, for me. volume's always better. Always, like I, I've never yeah. seen it be worse. <laughs> yeah, I think if you're doing like a graphic novel, volume can be harmful. But like with zines sure. and like comics that are like collections of ideas, yeah, um, then you just no, look I think- prolific. Yeah, like my lion's teeth zine, if I drew it, it was in the zine. Like, yeah, yeah. there's a reason that zine is like a thousand pages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because if, if I took a photograph I liked, there's like pictures of cats rolling around in money in there. Yeah. There's just like a photo of a cool frog I saw. Yeah. Uh, there's like tattoo designs. Like if it's in there, it's in there. I think that's um, really cool. It's like, it's such a... I, there's so much value in being able to see everything to me. Like, I think that's so neat. Yeah. If I'm know. interested in, in an artist, I want to see everything. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For uh, sure. Like, sometimes I'll see like somebody's sketchbook and it's like, you motherfucker. Like, Stop. I love these drawings. I need to see them. Stop talking about me. <laughs> I'm talking about you. <laughs> you, should do, you should do a sketchbook book though. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, also, on the print-on-demand thing, there's print-on-demand book services. Like, yeah. you could actively package all of your drawings into books. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we answered it. I think, I think we did. I think we, we did say a lot of words. Yeah. I mean, the big thing is, uh, don't stress about it. Take it to print. Um, yeah, take it all to print. Just take it to print. Um, if you're paying for it, do the one you feel the best about. Uh, if it's got text on it, it'll probably do better. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. 
That's true. Merch. That's Good just advice. merch. That's merch, That's baby. Merch. Yeah, thank you, Mason. Thanks, Mason. Also, yeah. I just actually looked at Mason's uh, store, and everything's sold out. I'm pretty bummed. Boo! So please restock. <laughs> no, please restock. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah, uh, I think I think, <laughs> I think we did it. Yeah, I think I hope so. I think the, we did uh, fine. I, I think it's a good job, and I'm ha- I'm having a good time. So I think uh, we'll do it next week. If yeah. you if you uh, if people enjoyed it, where would you want them to go to find out about you? About me specifically? Um, yeah, about Benji <laughs> Nate. I'm at Benji Nate on all the social medias that matter to me. And that's that. And what about you, you Michael? Uh, I'm. If you go to my website, michaelsweater.com, you can sign up for my mailing list. Yeah. Uh, it's good. That's the best good. place to read my stuff. You can find me on Instagram at Michael Sweater. I'm not going to mm-hmm. complain about social media this week. I'm just going to say it. Please follow. Good. It's. It's not. It's not a good sales pitch to be like, "Hey, please follow yeah. me on this website." Also, this website sucks. It's not great. It's not a good um, look, Mike. <laughs> I feel like. I feel like I can be honest with people because I don't – so I don't feel like I'm talking to readers here. Oh. I feel like I'm talking to other artists. Yeah. Which feels different. So I don't feel I, like I have to be as much of a sales pitchy person. Oh, I feel like I'm talking to just you. <laughs> <laughs> well, so uh, I don't feel like I have to be sales pitchy, which is why everyone should go to their local comic shop and get Good Boy magazine. Yes. Get Good Boy. Also, on – uh, October 22nd, mm-hmm. uh, Everything Sucks, The Floppy with Silver Sprocket is opening in previews if you want to pre-order it. It's going to be good. I'm going to talk about it a lot more. Yeah. I'm going to be a salesman for this one. But Go it's like on. an actual comics and it's got a lot of cool stuff in it. It's got stickers and posters in it. I don't Cute. know if you've ever seen a comic book with stickers and posters in it. Mm-mm, never in my life. Cool. Yeah. Not, uh, not I'm Michael Sweater. I love you. Have a, I hope everybody has a good week. I hope everybody gets some drawing done, does some good coloring. Wow, you're really sucking up to our audience, huh? I hope you guys do just fine. (laughs) Okay, bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) You've been listening to the 1-800-10-PALS podcast, a production of Good Boy Industries. For more information or to submit your own questions to the show, please visit our website at 1-800-10-PALS.com. Goodbye. Cool. <laughs> yeah. You want to start? Uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. Wait. I'm doing the intro. That's my job yeah. today. That's your job. All right.